Hey, everybody, quick note before we dive into today's episode. It is an amazing conversation with a totally badass businesswoman. And I want to give you the heads up that this is probably not the episode to have your kids listen to. We talk about skipping school. <laughs> and there's also, I want to give you a trigger warning, There is there's brief mentions of suicide because it's part of this woman's story. So please take good care of yourselves and skip this episode if you need to. Thanks so much. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. This is the podcast where every single Friday we read and review a popular self-help book and we share with you the highs and the lows so that you can know in under an hour, is this book worth your time? And you can go on being like a little bit snooty to your friends about all the self-help advice that they should be incorporating to be not terrible people. Am I right? This is the voice of Misty Stinnett, if you're joining us for the first time. For more than 200 episodes, I have been joined by Lisa Linky, who is just a dream, but she's not here. And we say, Lisa, we miss you. So tonight, I am very, very excited to introduce very special guest, Sarah Foster. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Misty. It's so good to see you again. <laughs> we, Sarah and I met in a really crazy, magical way about a month ago. I'm about to read you Sarah's bio, but I was in Ojai trying to be anywhere else other than Los Angeles outside. And I grabbed coffee at a cafe and they were like, hey, we have an outdoor jewelry pop-up. And I was like, what? And I walked over and immediately was drawn to you and your pieces and your message. And we started chatting and I just was like, please, dear God, come on the podcast because you're amazing. So I want to introduce everybody, all our tiny pocket friends who are listening. Here's a little bit about Sarah. Sarah Foster is the owner, designer, and chief foul mouth of Bad Bad Jewelry, a handmade jewelry brand making personal, wearable daily reminders for women with goals and a foul mouth. A firm believer in the power of words, Sarah has firsthand experience with harnessing the power of five simple words that saved her life after battling with depression and multiple suicide attempts. It was years later after a long journey of discovery and a determination to find work that had meaning and purpose, Sarah stumbled upon the combination of her love for words, writing, and jewelry making, which formed Bad Bad Jewelry in 2013. She's designed for professional female athletes, celebrities, and big brands like Nasty Gal and BuzzFeed. She has handmade and shipped over 5,000 products to women in 21 countries and counting. Thoughts, words, and visualization are her favorite dream-catching tools to getting out of a gnarly funk and into a good vibing state. She's been using affirmations and visualization for over 20 years and loves to share what's worked for her in hopes of helping other women find their power too. Ta-da. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke and mirrors, baby. I'm just kidding. Maybe one of the most potent bios <laughs> we've ever read. And I'm wearing a piece of your jewelry right now. So cool. 
You were so kind to work with me on like a never before done custom bar necklace. And on one side, it says, do epic shit. And on the other side, it says, play. Because that's the message that I wanted to be reminded of that they're inextricably linked. Yeah. Separate. Hell yeah. yeah. Sarah, can you talk us through a little bit of your journey. How did you get to be doing what you're doing? How did you kind of find your way out of the some of these dark times? Yeah, I'll start. I'm such a storyteller, so I'll, I'll try to stick to the highlights, but they're also- We hate stories. Yeah. No, no one here <laughs> likes stories. It Don't do that. Don't do that. It doesn't <laughs> resonate at all. <laughs> People never remember stories. Um, so I'm from the Pacific Northwest, Washington State. Grew up with three brothers. My parents are incredible. They're still together. And I grew up in, um, it, they'd be considered a religious family by, by most standards. And I was going to a private Christian school for most of my childhood. I'm a little bit homeschooled too. So I, <laughs> I got some mm. of that, that homeschoolish in me. <laughs> and I just really struggled with, it. looking back, I now know it was self-esteem. It was self-confidence. And it was all really based on comparison. I wasn't as smart as Jenny and you know her parents had like they were doctors and had these like incredible degrees. I was older when I found out my parents were smart, but like <laughs> my dad being a nuclear engineer, I'm like, oh, I wish I was Oh my no, god. No. <laughs> and you're comparing yourself to meek or doctors? No. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. And I wasn't pretty as Amanda and the guy I had a crush on, he didn't have a crush back on me. And when you're, you know, junior high, high school and that's your world, it's devastating when you just, that's what you obsess about. And, you know, I don't know, like, did I not have a fucking hobby? Like, or like, was I not giving enough time to that? I don't know. But essentially just months of that and thinking about how, what's the point? If I can't be these things, who am I? Mm-hmm. You felt worthless. Totally worthless. Yeah. And it got, I was so depressed. My my mom wanted to really help me through stuff. You know, she was dealing with residual things from her childhood around that same time too. So she was really struggling. It was just hard. And I, I was depressed for a long time and multiple suicide attempts. And it was one day I was in the car with her. I think we were just going grocery shopping in the old Chevy Impala, right? The big, this like, oh yeah, the big old boat. There's oh like yeah. Three seater front. I drove back. a Chevy for a while. It was <laughs> yeah. an old cop car and it had a rubber back seat. Oh, I- my uncle used to be a cop and like had like the in on the old cop cars. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you, had, you had to be able to hose it out, you know? It still had it. Yeah. No, seriously. It still had its like little spotlight on it too. That's awesome. That's how I used to hit on guys I, in college. I would just be like, whoop, whoop, you're so hot. It should be illegal. I'm kidding. I didn't do that more yeah. than 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. So driving in the car with mom one day, we're on our way to grocery shop. And she would say, I remember like soft hits of the eighties playing on the eighties or nineties, <laughs> which I yeah. fucking like bread yeah. and Bee Gees. I love all that shit so much. <laughs> <laughs> How deep is your love? Yeah. And I just, you know, when you're, I don't know, 14, 15, 16, I can never remember the exact number, but when you've had this dark cloud hanging over you for months and you just feel so alone, you feel isolated. I was like emo, but without the exterior shit happening, you know, no, no. Yeah. And you, you don't have enough life experience to know that anything could be different Mm-mm. or that you can come out of this. No, there's just, your sample size is so small. Exactly. There's yeah. no, there's no real contrast at that point. I mean, you've yeah. got your childhood, but it's like, 
it's seems a million years away. Yeah. 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 Uh And suddenly I just like felt the words or heard the words or whatever. I don't really, I don't know how to describe it. I feel like I've tried to for the sake of the story. And it's like, I don't, I don't know, but it just, the words, it's going to be okay. Just entered my psyche. And it was like, it just waterfall dripped all through my body and reaching every single cell. And like, I just felt peace, like an insane amount of peace, and like, like hope, but not like a glimmer, just like this full body experience of, holy shit, I do believe it's going to be okay. And I just marinated in that moment. And I just felt, I mean, talk about contrast. I felt it right in that moment of, holy shit, this doesn't feel like, like I've been feeling for months. And I remember, I didn't say anything to my mom, but I remember I just would repeat that over and over to myself, like hoping for that same like dopamine, serotonin, whatever it is, just like- Yes, you want the feeling of rolling on Molly (laughs) (laughs) and your mom's backseat as the Bee Gees are softly playing in the Impala. (laughs) It was so good. Yeah, it was Mm. pre-Molly. But that was the moment. And I just, I'd repeat those words to myself over and over when, you know, whatever moments got hard or I needed a little pick me up in the morning. You know, it's, it's hard to think back is exactly when I used it, but that's the first time I really realized how powerful thoughts were. Nobody had told me that nobody had said anything about that. I just discovered that in, in the process of, you know, driving with my mom and, you know, eventually got out of that depression and, I was just coasting through life. I think, you know, at some point I got a whiff of, I don't have to live life by societal standards. I don't have to, I don't have to do what, you know, people typically are asking of their children, you know, college. I didn't know what I wanted to do, all that stuff. So after high school, I went and got a job at a high-end ski and snowboard shop. Loved it. It was a rainy night one night. I was driving home. It was around six o'clock winter. So it was dark. And I turned out a stoplight. It was in the intersection where the light's yellow and you have, you have to yield to the oncoming traffic. On oh, the mm-hmm. Left. Mm-hmm. And the light turned red while I'm in the middle of the intersection. And because it was raining, I could see the oncoming car's brake lights reflect on the street, you know, mm-hmm. because of the water. Mm-hmm. So I gunned it, but then he gunned it too and T-boned <gasps> me. Oh my God. I like car experiences I'm, I'm realizing right now. But um, Oh yeah, uh-huh. Inya was playing on my CD. That's for Karen, my mom. (laughs) Thanks for the soundtrack of my childhood. Yes, exactly. And so glasses shattered, right? It's raining. Inya's playing. I don't even, I'm like, who at 20 years old is listening to Inya? Like after you just got off a full day as work. Full days work. It feels right, to- honestly. It was, yeah, it was totally, yeah, yeah. It feels so right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in that moment, I literally thought I was dying. I mean, if you're gonna die, Inya is probably like the default. Like, yep, yeah, yeah. You're just raptured to that. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm. I'm leaving my body. But mm-hmm. I literally did have that near death experience, and my life was just shoo, shoo, you know, just slideshow of whoa. And I saw my mom, I saw my, my, all my brothers, I have three brothers. 
and this like, holy shit, there's a few things I still needed to say, you know, like, Mm. and realizing how much of an asshole I was to my brother a few times, one that I actually really looked up to, but never communicated that to him, all these things. So I'm in the middle of the intersection and it's like, everything comes to suddenly. And I realize, oh, I'm, I'm still in the middle of the intersection. So I pull off, ambulance comes, I'm okay, but it's one of those like neck injuries back injuries. I guess I wasn't okay. Cause I still have like fucked up issues with my oh back. Oh my God. <laughs> but I mean, like, I was fine. Yeah. It was just a few vertebrae were on the sidewalk. It's no big deal. I'm fine. It's, it's nothing fine. a few Advil won't fix. <laughs> well, you know, you have three brothers. You got to be as tough as shit as much as possible. You know, I don't know, man. <laughs> I come from, I, come, I have an older sister, a younger sister. And like my family is a matriarchy. Mm. There was my dad. Yeah. I've got two uncles, but they're not, they're not in charge. They're doing, no. they're doing other shit anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not running anything. <laughs> so I, I, you know, go to the hospital, get me checked out. I'm fine. I'm, I'm back at home. I find as much as I can be in a lot of pain. I think that was my, my first introduction to painkillers, <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm sitting in bed and I'm like, man, I felt just throttled right? Like throttled physically, but emotionally, mentally too. And I've always been somewhat self-aware, but that, that night was, holy shit, life is fucking fragile. Like at 20 years old, so that fragile. Could have, yes. could have been it. Boom, gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I remember my oldest brother called, I, I cleaned some stuff up with him and I'm like, I love you so much. You know, I got to say that shit and I say that mm. shit. <laughs> Listen, the yeah. delivery can come in many different yeah. ways. It's the message. Yeah. It's the message. Yeah. You guys getting the lesson in this? So <laughs> that's when I really took this like YOLO is a legit phrase, which Drake hadn't yeah. come out with that yet. But like, oh, I, I get this one shot, this go around. Mm. I got to make it good. And kind of already being woke to the fact that I could... I don't need to live by what my parents are asking me or society at that point. You know, it's a conservative hometown that I'm from. So you go to college, yeah, get married, have kids. There's a certain order that you follow. Yep. And it wasn't like I needed to rebel. Just, it wasn't, I never felt, I never had those urges that I felt like a lot of my friends did. Which can I just say, I, my entire life as like, uh, just an ingrained people pleaser, I have always been so envious of anyone who's like gets called on in class and they're like, I don't feel like answering the question and I don't know why I have to, you know, or anybody who's like, no, I'm skipping class today. Like I'm just whatever. And I always was like, that's an option. Like it's just blown my mind. And I just have always looked up to people who were like, but why? Yeah. And questioning the status quo. So I think that's really cool. I never actually vocalized it. I just didn't embodied it. Yeah, I just didn't, <laughs> just didn't do anything. I didn't want to do it, but I didn't uh, communicate that and not have people mad at me. So I just like yeah. go do something else. Yeah. I skipped a lot of school, but yeah. And you didn't die. Like you're here. Like the world didn't collapse around you. No, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm doing pretty damn good. Yeah. Wow. So that's when I went on this like full-blown mission of just I gotta find it. I gotta find something. I want to do something that fulfills me as a, in a career that makes a positive difference. So whenever I do fucking skip out of town called Earth, like I, if I have the last <laughs> few moments to think about it, 
I feel good. Like, you mm. know, no regrets. So, uh, <laughs> regrets. <laughs> Wasn't that a 90s animated show on Nickelodeon? Regrets. I just think of that guy that, that ta- he actually got a tattoo. It says regrets, but it's spelled. Oh, it says no regrets. <laughs> yeah. And you're yeah. like, oh, this is too perfect that you misspelled is- the word regret. I- irony <laughs> at its finest. <laughs> you could not write it better. <laughs> So I went on this uh, mission, 10 years probably. I think it was about that. Trying out different things. I discovered a lot more self-help in that process too. Mm. A book that really changed my life came around like 2007, 2008. Two books, which is the secret for fuck's sake. <laughs> and like, we have strong feelings about the secret yeah, on this podcast. I don't know which way they go, but I've got strong feelings <laughs> in both directions for the same book. <laughs> Yeah, I think, listen, we both scream cried on the episode out of anger. It was, for us, it's like the law of attraction. It it just felt like it it was more manipulative and victim blaming than the Mm. message had to be. Like basically like, if you have cancer, it's because you didn't think the right thoughts. Yeah. Good luck. And we were like, "Mm, (laughs) other people say this without being dicks. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The delivery could be a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, So the secret... Is this, one of them. Yeah, the secret secret changed it because it, it when you come from my background, I went to s- the same church and school. It was all in the same building, six out of mm. seven days a week. And we weren't Whoa. allowed to dance. We weren't allowed to you can't dance, can't drink alcohol, and you can't swear. And literally, check this out. The elementary school I went to, <laughs> if you said any cuss word, which also included the word crap and suck, <laughs> you oh. had to drink. Yeah, bad words, right? You had to drink out of a literal baby bottle filled with vinegar, Tabasco, ketchup, peppers, like all this nasty shit. So anytime what? somebody, yes, I'm a little bit what? older. So this was, does <laughs> this qualify as abuse? <laughs> yes. What? Oh, what? Kids were still getting spanked at school when I was there, like by the oh principal. My. Yeah, I think about I, <laughs> this is a topic for another episode. I know. I know. So like you got to oh think God. about like the secret for me was like the fuck. Like yeah. It it opened yeah. up this whole other like possibility of well, I don't even know why. It was just like viewing a, the world, yeah. existing, asking for what you want. Yeah. Not being yeah. limited. Having it's like having okay, it being okay to have desires. So then oh. I think simultaneously to you, my my one of my older brothers, he got into um the course in miracles. So he was like going in that direction a bit, just mm-hmm. trying shit out. And he's always been kind of my just like he just really awesome, amazing. Like an amazing I just love the shit out of him. But then I also got into like quantum physics. I was studying like free books at the library because oh I was my like, God. I'm, I'm not throwing shit down. Like, I don't have money. Like, I don't even know what this is. Like, I can't retain some of it. Um, but oh, you other- don't know what quantum physics is? You can't explain it on the fly. <laughs> where's, yeah, where's your qualifications? Mine came from the public library. But then the book, old school book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Dr. Susan Jeffers. I think she wrote it in the early 70s, maybe late 60s. Oh, I love that title. But it's so too, yeah, I know everybody, there's like so many inspirational quotes that they're like, feel the yeah. fear and do it anyway. And I'm like, that's literally 
probably a copywritten title. I'm I'm not sure at this point. You know, it's decades old. I mean, it's the definition of bravery, right? Like it's not waiting till there's no fear and then acting. It's like I'm terrified and I'm stepping forward anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And I, you know, I've some people talk about the secret being, you know, missing the point of of taking action, right? It talks a lot about just like sitting there and receiving. And it's like, the cool thing that I like was equipped with from the upbringing with my parents and my three brothers and my dad, we were just adrenaline junkies. Like, especially being the Pacific Northwest, we were snow skiing. We were, we were just doing all the adrenaline sports, probably because we were shitty at handball eye coordination type shit. So when you've got two older brothers that are faster, stronger, and and just could move quicker, I I had to keep up, like I for my own self esteem. So I'm always I was always throwing myself down the ski hill as fast as I possibly. I just like you come really face to face with fear, even at a, a three year old <laughs> trying to keep up with your like six seven year old brother. And so like I already had it in me to take action and and. I was comfortable with it. I was a rubbery kid, as we all are. And I think, you know, as I got older too, my soul was still a little bit rubbery. You know, my my brain, like I got, I could get beat up and I'd still be fine, you know, and mentally. So that combination, it was just, I was off to the races. All that life experience, those books, having my my peripherals opened up. Um, mm-hmm. And this like near-death experience. And this kind of receiving this message of it's going to be okay, which felt like it came from outside of you, right? And dropped into your body. Yeah. It was the perfect elixir of... of, You're like, I'm breaking free of this town. Yeah. Yeehaw. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I did. And, you know, there's a lot of stories in between all that. But essentially, I just went and tried a whole bunch of different things, not knowing I was trying, but just Mm -hmm. going, okay, this next thing feels right. So I'm going to follow that path. I went to the financial industry, moved to San Diego, which was a big deal for me. I had $700 mm-hmm. at the time, a blue Grand Voyager minivan. I think it was like mm-hmm. a Ooh, minivan. <laughs> God, I love a minivan. I love to sit in a minivan at a yeah. car dealership. It's like, that is luxury. That is luxury. It is space and yeah. it is quality. <laughs> I say yes. <laughs> Especially with like the sliding doors that are automatic now. That wasn't the My case. My God. Like when's the last time anybody sat in a minivan? Because it is very nice. Yeah. Very yeah. cozy. I don't care now, who's judging me right now. I, the heart wants what it wants. <laughs> it's like when the Uber pulls up and it's a van and it's just like this, ah, you know, oh, that's like. never happened to me before. And oh. that's now a thing that I'm going to try to manifest. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so you moved to San Diego. You're in finance. In finance, I'm an executive assistant. And that's that was a story in and of itself. Like I had climbed there. I was at Amazon.com for a while. I learned how to have courage because of some random miscellaneous conversation. My first week there with my manager being on the call center floor. She's like, Sarah, you just need to have more courage because they listen into your calls during your training. Not all of them, but yeah, it's it's intense. So I remember her name's Susan. I'll have to send this to her. She'll love it. But I love the story because this is a, the time I was listening to Tony Robbins a little bit, kind of, sure. you know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she's like, all right, Sarah, you just need to have more courage because she could sense the nerves in my voice. So I, sure. I, I start walking back to my desk, right? My cubicle with my headset. 
And uh, I'm like, the fuck? How does somebody just have fucking courage? Like, how do you just just attain that? Like, the yeah. hell? You know? Just be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hadn't considered that. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was so fucking perfect because what I did in that moment was <laughs> I mustered the old Tony Robbins cassette tape. I probably listened to it. So Thank I'm you. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember like, you know how, or maybe you don't know, it doesn't matter, but like your physical state determining your, mm. your output essentially. So I was like, let's just fucking have courage. You know, I'm like mouthing it to myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm standing up, I roll my shoulders back and I put my head cassette on or whatever the hell it's called. And I, I hit like, I'm available for calls, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <I fucking laughs> so with you on this. <laughs> and I, I stood there, call came in, you know, and it's kind of hard. This is before stand-up desks were thing to like mm. manage your computer while you're trying to like maintain a Tony Robbins mm-hmm. approved posture. Sure. But man, I did it. And it's funny because the moment, like, I was so confident. And I also knew too from some probably recent sermon or whatever. It's like, it's also really confident or a confident people person will also say like, hey, I don't know the answer. Give me a minute or whatever. And I was like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with not knowing the answer. I can manage that too. So I remember going, you know what? I don't have the answer for you, but if you give me a couple minutes, I will go find out and I'll be right back. And, and their response was like, oh, okay, great. And it's like, I had the falcon power in that conversation. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, this is, this is all it takes. Oh my God. <laughs> like this physical posture and also just being able to be in conversation as a human with another human versus like, I just, I was like a container for fear at that point, being in the wow. call center, you know? Wow. And that changed everything. I mean, you talk about having personal empo- or being empowered or, or recognizing your own power. That's when I saw my power, but not as in this dominating force, but power as in, wow, I'm really fucking capable of a lot more than I've ever experienced. And I went on in that company to do a shit ton of other stuff, including working down in Costa Rica for them when they set up their first call center down there. Oh, that's fun. And training. Yeah. And that was super rad. But eventually, you know, kind of getting outside of the States for the first time other than Canada and and experiencing the world, I was just like, oh, this is great. Like, I just, I loved, I got to do cultural stuff. Like I got to do something. (laughs) This is so much bigger than the one room school church house (laughs) that I had been living in. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, you know, got home, I reevaluated a bit and um, went down and saw my brothers. I had two brothers out of three that were living in San Diego at the time. And we had such a good time and playing music and surfing Mm. and having, you know, California burritos for every possible meal. And I packed up my bags after reading The Secret and saved $700, drove down in my minivan. I didn't have a place to stay. I didn't have a, a job yet, but I just, I knew it. And that was one of those other moments where I just like sensed it, heard it, felt it, whatever. When I was deciding, do I go to Colorado? Cause I've always loved the mountains and I, I've, I just wanted to do that. Or do I want to go be with my brothers in San Diego? It just felt right. And so I kind of just made this internal decision like, okay, I'm going to do this. And 
I'm not going to share this with anybody yet. Cause I'd always been a dreamer and I'd share all of my ideas and things. And then, and then would, it gives people an opportunity to knock them down. Yes. Yeah. But for me to see it that way, I just saw, wow, you're a real flake. Cause you'll, you'll say these things and you'll create like a listening around you or an accountability. And then you'll, you won't follow through as so everybody thinks you're a flake. So that was what was playing out in my head. So I was like, I'm not going to be a fucking flake. I'm going to prove that I can do this for myself. And as soon as I made that decision, it was like something told me, you're going to receive opposition. And that was like literally the phrase that I heard. And as soon as I heard that, I, I saw, I, fuck, I don't know what this is. I must be clairvoyant or whatever. I don't even know. I don't, it's not yeah, even this something is some really power. You're like, I just heard. <laughs> and it's like, well, what did it sound like? And like just a deep cellular knowing. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, totally. Me too. No, me too. Me don't too. Like, I totally know what that, that feels like, but um, pretend I don't and explain it to me like I don't. <laughs> yeah. I guess I should uh, consider that. This is totally normal, but I'm also like, I am normal. Everybody please know that I'm normal. Yeah. I'm Medium not a weirdo. Normal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, so I you just, get this message yeah. about opposition. I just like, you, you're going to receive opposition. And I could see the people who were going to oppose me right away. You know, it's like uh, my mom, of course, my mom, because she wants me to be safe. But then a couple of close friends. And so then I got that sense of like, all right, okay, I could be with that. And, as, and then as soon as I decided that, I just got the rush of peace. Like, oh, you're going to, and you're going to be good. Like, and you're also going to feel afraid, but you're going to be good. So I get this message total peace. Like we're good. And I set a date. It was going to be, I was going to be down there by August 1st, I think of 2009. And I made it July 30th of 2009, $700 in the bank account. Grand Voyager filled up with my clothes, my snowboard, my bead stuff. Cause I'd always like loved making jewelry and all my journals. And I slept on my brother's living room floor for a few days, uh, close to a month, I think, and hustled every damn day to just, I was hitting Craigslist. I was going to different places to get a job. And eventually I landed one and fairly quickly, shortly after that, I got my first, I rented my first room with some my brother's friends. And yeah, so I did that for a bit working. It was the financial industry that I got into. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And worked my way up in that and became an executive assistant. I negotiated like a thirteen thousand dollar raise. I don't. I don't have a college degree, so that was big for me, right? That's and I huge. just had all this experience, and I was like, I can fucking do this. And then I hated it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I have also yeah. been an executive assistant. I mean, I was for like six or seven years, and it is just a special kind of hell. It yeah. just really is. Yeah, you get to see humanity in very it's like, you know, when you're a waitress, you get to see humanity one way. Being an executive assistant, you get to see humanity mm-hmm. in a certain way. Yeah. In both sides of it, right? Like the public yep. and then the... I was going to say like almost opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So how did you... How did you come to owning your own jewelry business if you're working in finance? Came home one night after work, just feeling like my soul was slowly evaporating with the halogen <laughs> lights above me, just getting sucked out by the fluorescent lights that are like, I Ring. really relate to that. <laughs> Your soul evaporating is the perfect, <laughs> perfect way to put it. Just, yeah, tiny, tiny bits at a time. But I come home, literally taking a bath and just 
like over it, right? You know how like, I don't know. And I know some women hate mm. baths, but I'm like, I've always been a bath person, especially when I need to fucking decompress, right? Yes. So just, I love a bath. Yeah. There's something, and did you know it's too? It's a baptism. That, like, it is. It's but, a like, rebirth. Water's some conduit. It's like, somebody said that to me. Literally <laughs> and figuratively. <Yes. laughs> so I'm like, oh shit, that's why I have all my ideas there. But yeah, sitting there and I, you know, I, I hated church. I hated religion. At that point, I was just like, fuck this, I'm out. But I was so desperate. Like, I was like, this is what I've worked this hard for. Like, this is what I've pushed myself to become. And this is as far as I'm getting. Like, I am, and I've just naturally being a creative and being in the financial industry, it just doesn't pan out well. You know, it's just this internal conflict. So I said a quick, or I don't even call it a prayer. I was just like, lifted my head towards the ceiling. I'm like, the fuck am I supposed to do with my life? And I remember asking, what can I do that will make me happy, but will also pay my bills in excess? And it was like, well, God, I'm going to sound so crazy. I love that specificity. I, dude, I, it's like yeah. clarity, man. You gotta, yeah. like, fuck but pay you my out? bills in excess. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'd also like to get my nails done regularly. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. At that corner spa, not that shit in the East County. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The one that's sixty-five dollars for yeah. the combo, not forty-five. Thank you. <laughs> so I like another fucking crazy person moment. I was just like, I felt like this soft brick like hit me upside the head, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, one of those like um, props, like yeah, Hollywood mm-hmm. props or something. Yeah, like a yoga block, like yeah. a phone block. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a yoga block moment, and it was like, uh, make jewelry. It was like that sense again of like, just make jewelry. And I'm like, well, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go to San Diego. Yeah. Make jewelry. Yeah. It's so hippie. Oh my God. So I, for two weeks, I, I was, well, first off, I was like, the fuck? I haven't, I hadn't made jewelry in years at that point, but I collected beads since I was little because I was always making jewelry. And that was like the only hobby I really felt like I did have that in writing. And so I took my beads out of the, you know, the moving boxes that were still packed away and, I made jewelry. I, in fact, I was so excited that I was staying up till three, four, five, six in the morning and just having like a few, sometimes minutes, you know, less than an hour of sleep and then going and doing my executive assistant job. And I was just so Whoa. on, like. It lit you on fire. I was so on fire. Wow. I just would stay up making jewelry and necklaces and earrings, just playing around with all these components. And I found a couple of bead shops. I was going there after work some days and just looking through stuff and grabbing things and buying new supplies. And then one day I came into the the office and there's like 20 to 40, I can't remember the number of other women there that were staff. And I said, I've been making jewelry for a couple weeks. I'm going to bring it in tomorrow during lunch break and set up in the lunchroom. I guess bring cash or check. Like if there's in case there's something you want. That's uh, so ballsy. I love that. <laughs> hey, hey, coworkers, yeah. you're probably going to want to buy my stuff. You know so make sure to bring your checkbook. It's a gamble, <laughs> but yeah. I love it. I love it. So I get it all ready and I set up and the women were there, like they're ready. I think it was just like, great, something fucking new for once, you know? Yeah, thank God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, this gracie yeah. of cubicles, yeah. the worst. So it, I always, I love this analogy, but it all, you know, when you're on the beach and like you throw a French fry, a fist of French fries and like the seagulls are just, just like. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I once had a seagull 
steal an entire Publix sub sandwich <laughs> from my hands. And for those of you on the, the Southeast Coast, you know what Publix is as a pub sub. But just think of like, think of like a big hoagie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Seagulls are I've seen dicks. that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, mm-hmm. they are. Yeah. It's like that in the, the lunchroom. These women were just, it was just a frenzy and it was crazy for me, you know? And, you know, I, somebody would be like, hey, the earrings that Stephanie has, can you make those? Because I know they're the only, the only pair. Is there any more beads like that color that you have? And I'm like, yeah. So I'm like feverishly writing notes orders. down of these custom orders. Yeah. Oh and I remember God. going to my boss and I'm like, hey, I know my lunch is an hour, but can we extend it? Like, this is pretty cool. So, I, you know, 90 minutes of that and I made over $300 and those were off like $8 bracelets and like cheap. Yeah. I, I marked them so So low. you sold a ton. I sold pieces. a ton. Yeah. And then custom orders on top of that. And it was like, wow, I think I actually might be good at design because it's not my mom like <laughs> pity buying my shit, you know? Oh, like yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to like, take it to an objective audience to really get a sense <laughs> of what's good. She's like, Sarah, yeah. it's so cute. It's nice. <laughs> I love it. I'll wear it. She yeah. only wears it on special occasions. Yeah, it's only when yeah. you're home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's what that's when it took off. And I actually that was my first jewelry brand and it was all kind of one of a kind, a lot of a long-winded process of designing the jewelry. And um I got burnt out. I actually was doing well enough where I quit that that nine to five. And then um how long did it take between being like, ooh, this lunch, I think there's something here, and like I quit my job. I don't remember, maybe less than a year. Like I was designing at nightclubs because I got, I somehow got wind of an art circuit. People were like doing live painting at clubs on Friday, Saturday nights. And so that is very uh, niche in the San Diego area. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I was doing that. And then I was still out of surf shop on the weekends. I had my own Etsy shop going. I had a couple small wholesale accounts. But I was just, I got burnt out, you know, because it was all one one of a kind handmade stuff. And, and was it just to- you at that time? One employee? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And it's yourself. So, yeah. And right around that time, I met my now husband. And you know what that's like with a new relationship. But you're just like, especially when it's a good one. And you're like, fuck mm. yeah. So we just, we were doing like all the stuff around San Diego together. So That's so nice. Yeah. distracted by that and and then we moved in together really quickly and so he we got a small space just like 40 feet from the beach and it was just oh off. my god cheap. what are all these magical experiences i know i know it was cheap as hell too i think it was like i think we paid like 1100 or 1200 it was so oh stupid god. it was like this, this converted garage or something but i was just it's funny because I dreamed of running my own business. I dreamed of having my own schedule and designing stuff. And like being able to do that on the beach was awesome. And I know this is going to sound ridiculous to some people, but when that's your day in and day out, like designing at the beach, it does get old. Like relaxing oh, does well, get Oh, well, sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, and there's like, sand in everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm hot. Yeah. 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 I gotta pack a lunch. I gotta do all these things, and it it would just became like, ah, this isn't as fun as I thought it would be. 
And I couldn't figure out a way to scale at the time. And I was getting burnt out. And so I, I, I was like, I had some conversations with friends and I, I came to the conclusion, like, I'm just going to go back to another nine to five and I'm going to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm something feels off, but I don't know what it is yet, but I can't, I need to make money. So I went back and got a nine to five and sure enough, I think it was within the first 30 days of being there. I figured it out. One day I was on my way back home. I stopped by one of the bead shops that I love. They had a 50% off sale and I, I bought, which 50% off anything's fucking phenomenal, if, especially if you know the original price. And I bought a stamp set, a lead block, and a hammer, which are all the simple supplies that you need to start hammering in letters into metal for jewelry design. Yeah. I've seen this set. You yes. had this set on oh, yeah. display yeah. Uh-huh. when I met you. Yeah. And so I literally went home that night, I think, and I hammered out. So, well, no, I didn't have any metal yet. So I got metal material from another supplier. Because you've been working with beads this whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not metal, not any metals. Mm. So I um, eventually got my hands on some materials and I started designing just shit that I wanted to say. You know, like being from a religious family, I, I was I was just so excited to like hammer fuck and shit and all, like, all these yeah. just you know, rebel chick. I turned those, I turned fu- uh, a couple of things that said fuck it into rings. And I went and set up shop at the surf shop I would sell at on the weekends and sold out of those rings. A gal came back the next week. She said, I've been wearing this ring for a week. I broke up with my boyfriend. It was an abusive relationship. And this ring have been my reminder that I'm like, fuck it. I'm, I'm worth more than that. So it's her a way of being accountable to herself. And it was just like, that was just a moment where I'm like, I was so excited that a complete stranger understood the underlying message of personal empowerment. Yeah. Because the yeah. the words to me, it's never been like, you know, fuck that bitch or like a demeaning or a derogative yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. message. It's always been about personal empowerment. And so... I mean, shit took off from there. Friends were asking for designs. I was doing custom work. Somebody was like, hey, have you heard of Nasty Gal? You might see if they would wholesale your stuff because it's in line. Yeah. The ball just, I mean, that's when things just kept taking off. And And was this when you, this was when you founded Bad Bad Jewelry in 2012 or 2013? 2013, yeah. Wow. And so you've been doing this. This will be eight years next month. eight years by the time this is out congratulations and it just sounds like what I love about your story and this is why I wanted you to come on and share this with us is because like you just kept pivoting back to your own authenticity and going like oh something's not working let me pivot and it's hard right like moving from a teeny tiny town to like San Diego, you know, in Southern California, it's terrifying and leaving your job to, to make jewelry full-time terrifying. But like, I love that you just kept doing it. And just by being yourself and leaning into your authenticity, you have given, like, I'm literally wearing a little piece of a reminder of empowerment on my neck right now. And what I love about your jewelry, and I know (laughs) very aware that this is that podcasts are an audio medium and not a visual medium. <laughs> what I love about your jewelry is that it's delicate and it's pretty. 
it's a really pretty gold, silver, rose gold jewelry. But then like, it says like, do epic shit, you know? Or it says, the reason that I I walked over, I was like, what is this jewelry pop-up at this cafe? And the first thing I saw was a necklace that said soul. And then another one that said play. And I was like, these are literally all of the things that I'm thinking about constantly. Like how (laughs) I've never seen jewelry like this with these messages. So I just think that's so cool. And I think you're right. Like it's not about the shock value of having like the word fuck or shit on a necklace. It's actually the indication of rebellion, of a trailblazer, of going against the status quo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is just so fucking amazing. Yeah. And I'm curious, do you have any advice for any of our listeners who are like, I have wanted to start a small business forever? Do you have any just like nuggets for them? Yeah, I wish, you know, I wish I did. And I think I'm like a recovery know-it-all. And I'm like, oh yeah, here's your answer. Here's your five-point list. I, I know everybody's entry point is totally different. And to me, I think if there was one thing that I would tell myself over and over throughout the entire journey, including up till today, it's just do shit, just take action. And maybe that's not applicable to everybody. And maybe I'm just, I think I'm more cerebral. And so I really, really like to think things through to some degree. And and maybe it's because it takes a bit of time for it to integrate or for the seeds to, you know, plant and then germinate and come to fruition. But it's like, when I look back at all the pivotal points in my life, I was taking action, but I was also kind of pausing and just reevaluating what don't I want to do versus what do I want to do, or this doesn't feel good anymore. So it's kind of looking at the, the contrasting moments, right? And like, and just taking action and, and, and asking for like an answer in the moment. And it's such a, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what your listeners are into. And I'm always like a little bit like I can go full woo woo. I don't care. But oh, we've yeah. <laughs> we've got everybody. We've got every. We say woo woo Wanda or practical Pat. And I will say, if you listen to early episodes of this podcast, I am like a thousand percent a practical Pat. Yeah. And then today I'm like, but I feel like the universe is holding me. <laughs> so it's like I've really I've I'm still evolving. Yeah. But with a science-minded brain, because yeah. science is real and we should believe science. Yeah. I, I And I can do both. Like, I do both. Yeah. There's, and I think that's what's, yeah, I, to me, I'm like, look, I, there's going to be, everybody has a moment, I think, where they pause and they're like, hmm, that was, you know, it's serendipitous or like mm-hmm. this magical yep. moment. You can't totally. help but be like, well, that's fucking interesting that that worked out that way. That you know, like, is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. And so I think it's just that it's like shut off the noise as much as possible, whatever noise is for you right now, you know, being eight years in business, the noise for me is very different than what it was eight years ago. You know, noise back then was what my friends or my family thought about me. I, now I don't give a shit about what they think about me. So I, you know, I can be with whatever noise that they have. Now the noise is, you know, what's online business supposed to look like? How do you run it? How, what do, as a creative, what do you do? And if you have a handmade product, are you the, do, are you the face of the brand? Do you put your face out there? How much are your mm-hmm. stories shared? La, la, la. So mm-hmm. it's like, 
I don't think that ever changes. It's what's what's the dominant noise in your orbit and how much is it impacting or influencing your decisions about what you're doing? And then also how you feel about yourself and what you want to pursue. And I mean, just having some level of self-awareness, I think sometimes too much, it's like, oh God, fuck it. Yeah. That's what I'm really getting from this is that I think so many of us, and I'm speaking for myself for how I lived for a long time is like, no, I'm supposed to want this thing. That's what I'm going to go after. And if I don't feel good doing it, so usually I just wasn't aware. I was just surviving. But if I don't feel good doing it, it must be because I'm doing something wrong. I'm not working hard enough. I haven't gotten the the right work-life balance as opposed to like going, it is a, it's a skill and a muscle to be able to check in with your body and be like, what do I actually think about this. Yeah. Like, I know this is a glamorous job and everyone wants it, but like, this is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also our very first episode ever, we covered the book, Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Mm. And he always says like, look, you're always going to have problems to solve in life. The goal is to just continue to get better problems to solve. Mm. So like being yeah. an independent business owner, trying to figure out how online business works and how to best represent your yeah. brand is a much better problem than being like, how do I try to summon the courage at the Amazon call center? Yeah. And they're all valuable experiences, totally. but for who you are, you know, like yeah. it's clear where you're happier. Yeah. In those cases. So yeah. Sarah, God, thank you so much for being here. Yes. I just find your story so powerful and it's nice to hear the twists and turns because I feel like so often we hear people be like, I'm the owner of an incredibly successful jewelry brand and it was always this way and I just breezed right into it and I had no problems whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, that's not how it works. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, Thanks for having me. This is I, kismet. You know, I, I it, loved how this all worked out. Oh my God. Total kismet. I love my necklace. I'm, I ordered another piece from you. It is a ring that says dope soul. My custom mantra ring. That's a thing. You can get whatever you want Mm -hmm. handmade in Sarah's studio. This is a small business. Please support her. Links are in show notes to follow her. She's also on Instagram. You can see her gorgeous pieces at Bad Bad Jewelry on Instagram. I will be posting my own pieces this week as well. And with that, life is abundant. Go Help Yourself was produced by Misty Stinnett and Lisa Linky. Our theme song was written by the inimitable Matt Sav. Inimitable. There's nothing we love more than hearing from you. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. We're also at Go Help Yourself Podcast on Instagram and at GHY Podcast on Twitter. And you can go old school and check out our website at gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. It basically is a fancy PowerPoint slide. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review because it helps helps other people find our show. You know who else needs to find it? Your friends. Tell all of your friends. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.